Welcome to the preaching ministry of the Agape Baptist Church in George, South Africa. Well, good morning and a blessed uh, new year to each of you. Well, for this Sunday and for the next Sunday, because of the uh, lockdown, we do not hold, we're not holding our, our regular service uh, and coming to you by the podcast. And so on the 17th of January, we plan to start meeting again, and Lord willing, we'll be able to do that. Well, for this morning, we're back in Ephesians chapter 1, passage from verse 15 down through 23. We began a couple of weeks ago looking at this prayer of the Apostle Paul for the believers there in Ephesus and that region of Asia Minor. Well, it's a good place to be for the beginning of this new year. As Paul prays for these believers, it gives us an example of how we should be praying for each other and praying for our, ourselves and our own spiritual growth. And the topic for this morning is the knowledge of God. And so let's look at this passage, this prayer beginning in verse 15 from Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, this prayer together with uh, three other prayers uh, of Paul from prison are known as uh, Paul's prison prayers. And uh, those other uh, prayers is recorded in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14 to 21. And also in Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 11, and in Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12. Well, let's let's uh, read again this prayer of Paul here in our text in Ephesians chapter 1, and beginning in verse 15. He says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And to him, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's pray together uh, as we begin our time this morning. Father, we do rejoice in you this morning and thank you for uh, the ability to be able to uh, record a message and to be able to uh, send it out so that uh, 
even in this time when we're not able to meet together, we're able to uh, worship you around your word. And I pray that you would uh, bless uh, each family and each person that's uh, listening to your word this morning by means of the, uh, the recording. And I pray, Father, that uh, our hearts would be open to your word, that you would uh, encourage us and help us and challenge us uh, this morning and this beginning of a, of a new year. I pray, Father, that uh, we might indeed, as Paul has prayed for these believers, that we would uh, grow in our, in our knowledge of you and that uh, we would uh, learn more of you not just facts, but experientially, that uh, we would grow in our understanding of who you are and what you have done for us and have a plan to fulfill uh, in and through us. We thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy in our lives. And thank you, Father, for uh, helping us through this past year and the difficult uh, year it's been. We thank you, Lord, for how that you have uh, uh, been with us and in helping many families, Lord, that have struggled this year. We just pray, Father, that uh, uh, they might find help and strength and no doubt some difficult days still ahead of us with this virus. We pray Lord, for your strength, and we ask in Christ's name, amen. Well, as we come to uh, this prayer this morning, we note that this prayer, and, is, and also the other prayers that I mentioned that Paul prays from prison for uh, these believers, uh, he doesn't pray for their physical needs. Now, not that it would be wrong for him to do so. No doubt he did pray for the, the physical needs of these believers. But what is emphasized for us in these prayers are the spiritual needs of the saints. It would be a good exercise for us to take note of this and, and to notice how we pray, how we pray for others and how we pray for ourselves. I'm afraid most often our prayers are focused on the, the physical well-being of ourselves and of others. And again, not that this is wrong, but often we neglect the spiritual well-being, which is of primary importance for us and others. I have planned to print these prayers um, for us to use, uh, that we might meditate on these prayers. This prayer, the one in, in chapter 3, verse 14 to 21, and also the, the one in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, and then in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. And I would challenge you to, um, to make this a part of your routine of, of reviewing and meditating, memorizing. And it's not as difficult as, uh, as it may seem, but as we would, uh, even, even the use of our, our time when, we, when we're not... Uh, uh, doing anything particular, we could review these these prayers. It could have a great impact on our on our Christian life in this year ahead, as we learn to think and pray the way that Paul did for others. 
In these prayers, Paul prays for their spiritual perception, that they would, would know what God has done for them and, and what they have in Christ, and that these believers would grow spiritually and be strengthened to walk according to who they are in Christ. He doesn't pray that they would receive something more from God, but that they would be strengthened to perceive the greatness of what God has already done and is doing and will complete in us. So let's look at this prayer of Paul, beginning in verse 15. We saw last time when we were in this text, uh, in verse 15 and 16 of Paul's thanksgiving uh, for their faith and love. Notice again in verse 15, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Uh, the Christian life has these two dimensions of the one, the faith towards God, and then secondly, love toward men. And these two really cannot be separated from each other. Uh, faith towards God and love towards men. So you have the, the vertical relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, which results in the horizontal relationship of love towards others. We also saw last time or began to look at Paul's request and in our text, Paul prays that they would have wisdom and revelation or insight in the greatest of all of knowledge that we could have, and that is the knowledge of God. Notice again from verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Well, the last time we looked at this phrase in verse 17, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. And we noted there that this really speaks of this new covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ. This uh, phrase, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, really identifies this relationship uh, between Father and Son. And as the Lord Jesus Christ came in the form of man to die for us in our place to be the mediator of this new covenant that we have, Paul further describes God as the Father of glory. And as we noted before, this can be understood both as the Father to whom the glory belongs and the Father who is the source of all glory. The glory of God is the display or the revelation of his holiness. And the holiness of God speaks to the reality that he is set apart from everything in his infinite perfection and worth. So that when we pray, we, we, we are to be reminded of who God is, that we're praying to the, the Father of glory, this, this holy God. Paul is, in this prayer, he says that 
uh, he asks or he makes the request that the God would give them a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of God. As we noted last time, Paul's not praying that they would receive the Holy Spirit, but that they would receive wisdom and revelation which comes from the Holy Spirit. It is by his enablement that we're able to have spiritual perception and insight. The Bible Knowledge Commentary uh, makes this note. Wisdom gives insight into the true nature of things. And revelation is the unveiling of the object discussed, namely God himself. The purpose in having this wisdom and revelation is that you may know him, God, better. End of quote. Well, this word uh, translated revelation is apocalypsis, and you, you can hear in that word apocalypse, which um, uh, literally means unveiling. And, and so it, it is that which is not seen or un understood is unveiled so that it can be perceived and understood. God's word is his revelation to us. But to understand his word requires that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to unveil the truth of what God has given. Notice how Paul further describes it as having the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Now, biblically speaking, the heart refers to the inner man. Warren Wiersbe makes uh, makes this useful note. He says, in the Bible, the heart means the inner man and includes the emotions, the mind, and the will. The inner man, the heart, has spiritual faculties that parallel the physical senses. The inner man can see, smell, and touch. And this is what Jesus meant when he said to the people, they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not. The inability to see and understand spiritual things is not the fault of the intelligence, but of the heart. The eyes of the heart must be opened by the Spirit of God. End of quote. Well, this applies to both salvation and sanctification. The Lord must open uh, the heart or allow allow the inner man to be able to spiritually see and understand before a person can respond to God in saving faith. The Holy Spirit must open their eyes spiritually. Uh, he speaks of this, Paul does, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, where, where he says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we need to pray for the unsaved, that their spiritual eyes would be open, that they could see, that they might see their lost condition and turn from the idols of their heart to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ but also 
for sanctification, for us as believers, as, as we would grow in our, in, our, in our understanding, in our insight into God and his word, there's this ongoing need for enlightenment and sanctification. Paul's writing to believers who have already come to the knowledge of God in saving faith. Paul is praying that these believers would grow in that knowledge of God. One author writes, the end in view was that the readers might gain greater knowledge of God. The Greek word translated knowledge, epigenosis, refers to exact, complete, experiential knowledge, not just abstract knowledge of God or even facts about God. Paul wanted his readers to get to know God more intimately as their father, to become closer to him. And Rearsby again uh, gives this quote, to know God personally is salvation. To know him increasingly is sanctification. And to know him perfectly is glorification. Paul writes of this growth in Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13, where he writes, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up of the body of Christ. And, and we could ask Paul, how long must this take place? How, must, how long must we be, be learning and growing? He says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so he's describing this ongoing a growing and maturing a process of the believer until one day when the Lord takes us home, uh, we are fully mature. We are glorified uh, in this perfect state, the fullness of Christ. Well, as we think about application of these things, how does this happen? How does this growth take place in this this growing in the full knowledge of God. Well, as we've noted, the, the spiritual perception is, is given by the Holy Spirit. It, it is a grace given by God. But God works according to the means of grace that he has also given or provided. And, and the most important means of grace that we have is the Word of God. As we expose ourselves to the Word of God, the Spirit of God opens our eyes to see and learn more about God. The Spirit of God works through His Word. And so it stands reason that uh, for us to grow in our knowledge of God, we must grow in our understanding of God's Word. We must be exposing ourselves to His Word every way that we can. There's also fellowship with God. Uh, this, this knowledge of God is not just more information about God, uh, because you know you can think some people know about God, but they do not know God. They have no relationship with Him. You can think about all the, the professors and theological uh, teachers in universities that can talk about the Bible, know facts about the Bible, about God, but is clearly evident 
that they have, many do not have a relationship with God. See, the growth in the knowledge of God, it does require abstract knowledge, but it's more than that. As we read the Word of God, we fellowship with Him. We walk with Him. There is a, a spiritual communion with God. And so there's this private fellowship with Him. And there's also a, a public fellowship with other believers in worship of God. And that's why we give priority to the public worship, our public meetings together. And it's something that we don't want to easily give up. And it's been a, been a real hindrance to us as a church in this past year with the, with the COVID uh, safety regulations. And so we pray that um, it will not be so going forward in this year and that we can see our, our church family coming together again, that we can meet together and worship together and grow together in our faith. Well, one last thing I want to mention is regards to these means of grace, and that is prayer. God speaks to us by His Spirit through the Word as we take the Word in and we, we learn in the Word. And so there is a, there's a communion with God through His Word, but it's not just one way. We talk to Him with the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. And so we have this communion with God fellowship with God. These are all means of grace that God has given that we might grow in the knowledge of Him. You can think human relationships are the same way. They, they require time. They, they require time together uh, to grow. Most of you are aware that Louis is engaged to Ashley. And if you haven't noticed, they've been spending a lot of time together. You see, Louis not content to just learn facts about Ashley. He wants to be with her, and she wants to be with him. Louis even recently traveled to the U.S. to be with her. And in these uh, days of the COVID restrictions, traveling is a, is a difficult thing. It requires a, a lot of expense. But for, but for them, it was worth it to be together. This is the commitment that we need to grow in our knowledge of God, in our relationship with God. We, we must be willing to, uh, to sacrifice time and effort to be with the Lord, to learn of Him. So in this new year, let us pray that God would Open the eyes of our heart that we might grow in the knowledge of Him. There is no greater knowledge than to know God and to live for Him, to serve Him. And so uh, let us pray to that end. Let us strive to that end as we begin a new year. Let's pray together. Father, uh, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, that we can know you. Thank you that you've revealed to us your word and you've given the Spirit of God that's opened our hearts and minds that we can perceive and see our lost condition and that we've 
by your grace, responded to your word and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And Lord, we begin in faith and we are to continue in faith, um, trusting you, walking with you. And so, Father, I pray that those of us that know you as our Savior, we might in this new year walk with you daily and grow in the knowledge of you, depending upon you, Father, to enable us that we can grow in uh, the knowledge of who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, may it transform our minds and our lives in this new year. We pray and ask, Father, for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.